What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome, everybody, to Because I Said So, a podcast by dads, for dads, and about dads. I'm your host, Tim. Joined with me, say hello, Trent. Hello. This is um, tied for our second smallest panel ever. Me and Blake did a couple shows, just me and him, and now it's just me and Trent. Holding it down. And you know what's scary about this panel, Trent? What's that? I am not used to being the most experienced father in the group. Uh Uh-oh. It's a little intimidating for me. I'm sure you're going to do great. (laughs) Yeah, I really don't think so. I, I still feel like I have a ton to learn about being a dad. And um, Blake and Jason, they, ta- they just have taught me so much. Uh, you know, in, in the kind of, in, in talking with my dad and, and kind of the, the research I do into parenting, um, I've learned that regardless, uh, you see my dad's been parenting for 27 years now um, between me and my, my two brothers, and uh, he still hasn't have a, a goddamn clue about what he's doing. <laughs> so I, I think it's a, it's a learning curve that takes... Um, your entire, the rest of your life to really yeah. get on. I think that's a lesson we can all learn is that none of us have the fucking foggiest idea what we're doing. <laughs> we just have to make it up as we go along. Um, but hey, I, Blake always reminds me to do this and I'm going to remind myself. If you want to get, get out and touch the show, you want to reach us personally, go to because I said so.pub. We have links there to our Facebook and our Twitter and our email. Uh, you can use all of those to get in touch with the show. Absolutely. How's go that? Check I actually, it out. I actually remembered that at the top of the show. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even remind you. You just kind of all by yourself. I'm getting better at this podcasting. It's only been like 12 years since I've been podcasting. <laughs> yeah, eventually you'll get there. Yeah. Um, okay, so we usually start off with dad advice as a little right. bit of the primer. We're going to shake it up this time around, and we're going to start off with some dadversity. Dadversity. Don't make fun of the bumpers, please. You see, I was, I was going to see this. I was like, well, it's been every episode so far. Maybe I should just give them a pass this time. But I, I appreciate that. I they're do. great. They're awesome. You know, at the last Peoria Podcast Alliance meeting, we had a guy, actually the Peoria Dashcam guy showed up. Oh, right, right, right. And he's also a musician. So he offered us some better bumpers. But at this point, I the, the horrible bumpers <laughs> add some personality to the show. Yeah, they kind of grew on you, huh? They kind of did eventually. Um, well, it's been a few weeks since we've had, um, even a show, even a, because I said so show. Right. And so I guess that's diversity top or dadversity topic. Number one is just, holy shit. Is it hard to get you dads at a time when all of you are able to record? Tell me about it, man. Tell me about it. It's, it's, it's rough. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're part of the channel where I always throw out dates and it seems like, I mean, I try to get two or three guys. Maybe I just need to settle on one. Maybe that's my problem. Yeah, I mean, the more the merrier, but I mean, it's it is kind of rough. I mean, I did even just a show by myself, and I I found it hard sometimes to find time. So, it's it's a rough thing to try to fit in there when it's 
you know, not necessarily not a priority, but it's it's definitely something that has to come at least secondary, if not you know thirdly or fourthly. In, yeah, that's in your the schedule. That's exactly right because the thing it's it's a show by dads and for dads, so obviously all of our first priorities are our kids. Right. And then we've all got other shows, so I don't know, man. This is just not a. Uh, <laughs> I maybe didn't think this all the way through when I decided to start a dad podcast. Anyway, I've had a terrible few weeks since the last couple episodes. Um, and I, I have a huge, like I, I was, uh, preparing for the show and I, I very rarely prepare for this show, but I was writing some stuff down that had happened these last couple of weeks. And my list is very long <laughs> of sort of diversity. <laughs> so as I talk about these things, I'm drinking my seven and seven to help kind of soothe my nerves. I'm hoping oh, that by venting to you, Trent, I will sleep better at night, getting all oh, this yeah. stuff out of, off my, off my plate. I am an ear to listen and a shoulder to cry on. So <laughs> Thank you, I my am, friend. I'm just here for you. How was your week, though? Before we get into my my bullshit, how was your week? You good? Uh, yeah. No. T- um, yeah, I think so. Uh, we've just been kind of, uh, you know, cracking through, um, you know, in my kind of weird work rotation. Uh, this kind of falls on my week off, so I got off Friday morning. Uh, last Friday morning, and I don't go back until uh, this coming Friday. So I have uh, kind of a few days off to really chill out, and I mean I can't really complain about it. So very nice. What's your plans? Um, so far it's just been doing, uh, you know, podcast-related stuff, getting ahead on on some other things, hanging out with the boy, cleaning the house, kind of getting that spring cleaning going, mm-hmm. even though it's decidedly not spring, but. <laughs> it needed done. And I figure I got time, so we're getting there. Um, Are yeah. you, have you have you watched that Marie Kondo that everybody's talking about? No, I've I've seen it. Um, I have a long list of things to watch, and if it's it's on there, and I think tomorrow I'm gonna have a veg out day to where I just like kick back and just like watch TV all day. So I'm, I'm, I might check it out. Holy shit! You were making me so jealous. I thought maybe Marie Kondo had. Uh, had gotten you going on the spring cleaning stuff, but that didn't motivate you, huh? <laughs> no, it it was is kind of just one of those things where I'd been working a lot, filling in a lot of hours, doing a lot of stuff at the shop, doing just running around crazy with the boy, and uh, so I was like, oh, my house kind of looks a little less less than good. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been sort of there too, and um, it's actually one of the things on my list to talk about tonight in terms of spring cleaning. My office, you've never been to my house, Trent, but most of the other guys have, and they can attest that my office is just sort of a mishmash of a bunch of shit. And it's not necessarily dirty, but it's cluttered. Right. And um, I've just, I've also grown to just sort of hate it. And so I've gone through and had to purge, well, I didn't have to, chose to purge a bunch of stuff. And I did uh, kind of, I was sort of motivated by that stupid Marie Kondo show. Uh, cause I asked myself a lot, does this item bring me joy? Which is like <laughs> the big fucking question that you're supposed to ask. Right. But I did not, I, I got rid of a lot of books. I did not thank the books after I got rid of them as you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely gonna have to watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's fucked up. I, I kind of like some of the, um, I like some of the strategy of like going through every single item and asking yourself, do I need this? Do I want this? Does this bring, bring me happiness? But the part where you like have to wake your books up to make a good decision on whether or not to get rid of the book, and then you thank the book as you're done, and same with the clothes, like you got to thank your clothes as you get rid of that. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's a little bit too spiritual. For it's me, I think. Me too. It's a little wishy-washy spiritual stuff. Right. But um, I don't know. It made me clean out my office, so that's good. 
Yeah, I mean, there's an upside there, at least. Yeah. Um, okay, so one of the things that um, is, is on my list of diversity, and this ties into one of the things that you um, got a lot of credit or criticism for this week, my father-in-law, my wife's, I guess my wife's stepdad, has been like super sick lately. And it's definitely like an end of life type of affair. He's been in the hospital or nursing home for the last uh, three months, a little over oh. three months, I guess. No good. Yeah. And we're, we're all just sort of waiting for an update. And we've been through this process a couple times where family members die and stuff. And I, I've learned that doctors don't have the fucking foggiest idea of what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, more than more than I know what I'm doing, but not much more. They just are sort of making stuff up and giving us arbitrary deadlines and timelines. And um, so, one of the things that's been on our tasks while this all this stuff is going on, my mother-in-law then decided to sell her house and move into a smaller condo. She doesn't need such a big house. And so, me and the wife have been making trips down there to just collect a bunch of her shit and sort of sort through it, get rid of it, whatever. So our house that already has too much stuff and two children worth of stuff is now being inundated with, I've got, I think, five garbage bags full of <laughs> random clothes and stuff in our kitchen right now that we're supposed oh. to figure out what to do with. A couple of weeks ago, like huge bags of Tupperware. They're like, we don't need any fucking Tupperware. <laughs> like, like, I'm I, trying to tell my wife, your, your mom gave you these things, not for us to keep them, but for us to like do with them what we wanted to do. We can throw them away and she yeah. won't know and she won't care. Right. Let's throw them away. Have you been through anything like this? Uh, yeah, actually back when I was with uh, the boy's mom, uh, it was, uh, I think we had, we had moved to Peoria. It was about a year after that. We had just bought our first house uh, and her grandma had passed. Uh, and we basically got all of it like it was she was uh a single old lady her, her grandfather passed you know a, while, a couple of years back and her parents didn't want to deal with it and her sister was in college so they were like hey here's a bunch of stuff <laughs> and so I've, I've definitely been there and it's so annoying because i mean not to to crap on sentiment or anything but it's like you know bags of tupperware or random salt shaker or whatever it's just like well this was my grandma's and I'm like yeah but it's still tupperware or pots and pans mm -hmm. that we don't need so it's uh yeah definitely know that feeling yeah and that's another thing that that stupid marie kondo she has some points here i'm gonna keep <laughs> i'm gonna keep referencing marie kondo throughout the entire show um and I, I definitely have a tendency to do this, so I'm not criticizing this tendency at all or like your, you know, your ex's tendency to put a lot of value in something just because somebody else owned it. Uh, I'm definitely that way. I've got a lot of things that are like, my, that was my great grandma's and I've owned it for like 40 years. Well, not, I'm not even 40 years old. I've owned it for like 25 years um, and I keep it just because it was my great grandma's, but I don't know what that item meant to her. I know that to me it means almost nothing, but so we, we put a lot of like stock into things that maybe we shouldn't. Um, yeah. And that, you know, colors a lot of these decisions. So I think in my mother-in-law's head, she thinks like, well, I can't throw this away. So I have to give it to my daughter to throw away. And that way, you know, her sort of conscience is clean, but she's still getting rid of the shit. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. That's my uh, theory at the moment. 
it's believable. Yeah. Um, leading into another thing on my dad versus list, my daughter, uh, my six-year-old, her fish died. Oh, no. Which is like a big fucking thing. She's had, yeah. she's had I don't know, eight to ten fish die on her. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and so I've thought, like, oh, this one's not going to be so bad. Like, she's been through this before. This one's going to be fine. And she lost it, man. I mean, as you read about with kids about this age that lose pets. Um, and I know you recently got into some trouble with uh, the topic of death and toddlers. Tell me about this. Tell me about this, Trent. What, what trouble yeah, did you so, get into? What's your okay. opinion on this? <laughs> so um, I, I had a, a few months back, um, it was like the beginning of the year, right, right into uh, between kind of that Christmas time. Um my my son's mom or my son's dad rather uh who had had cancer and had been battling cancer for years now uh had passed and it was one of those like kind of long very drawn out like you know i i don't uh and you know i kind of say this i don't i don't want to make it seem like i didn't like the guy or don't care but he hated me and so it was kind of just like you know whatever and i everybody knew it was coming for the last six months he'd been basically comatose so yes, it was sad, but it was one of those things where it kind of wasn't um, because it was more or less planned. Around the same time, my uh, my dog that my son that we got when my son was uh, we moved into our first house. My son was like uh, seven or eight months. Like this dog had been around him his entire life. The dog had got into something um, and passed. Uh, just kind of out of the blue and so it was like uh his my son's grandfather died and then uh, a few weeks later his dog died and i tried to brooch like i wrote a back when it happened i i wrote uh, an episode of part-time parent for it and it was kind of after like the rebranding and kind of c- coming back out with the show and so i was just like well maybe this isn't like the best topic <laughs> to like lead out with and so I just kind of tabled it, and I kind of waited, and then it kind of came back up. My son, um, my son started talking about it again, because you know, it, dealing with it from his mom's house and, and some other external factors, and uh, he he started talking about it, and I was just like, well, I don't know if it's really going to help anybody, but it it's something that's pertinent in my life again, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up, and of course, my thoughts. <laughs> Uh, as controversial as they may be, uh, is that you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't put religion into the the death talk for a toddler because that's what happened with my son. So of course he just says, um, you know, Grandpa is in is in heaven with Luna, which was the dog, and that's where everybody goes when they die, and it's a happy, fun place and. You know, all this Sunday school bullshit that you kind of get fed. But my my thoughts on it um, is that faith, like, uh, is just too heavy. Uh, death in itself for adults, even the most mature of adults, is, is a hard, uh, hard concept to grasp. It's something that many people are deathly afraid of, you know, of dying, of the end, of what's after. And to put that on a, a child and then add in the extra, like, oh, hey, here's another huge revelation of, of faith and um, take it at its face value because they don't really understand everything that you need to to fully believe in something. So you're just giving them the kind of 
BS line of when people die, they go to heaven. And regardless of what anybody says, you know, God is right and everything will be fine. And that leads them down a path into just accepting everything else about religion and not questioning, you know, um, and just kind of living their you know young adult life kind of in this mode of, well, regardless of what happens, because of what I was told when I was younger, uh, religion is the way to go and I shouldn't question it and I'm wrong for questioning it. Mm-hmm. And so as convoluted as that point may have gotten in that, you know, episode, I kind of is what I broached on is that when dealing with death of a family member or, uh, or death in general with a toddler, um, adding on another ginormous concept like faith shouldn't be brought into it because it's, it's just hard for them to handle in the, to begin with. And it's just not something that they can properly decide if it's something they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my thoughts about it. And I'm, I'm wrong, you know, <laughs> just like people who, and I say this opinions <coughs> are a lot like faith in the fact of regardless, um, unless there was facts to prove them wrong, you are both wrong and right because there are your opinions and it's just kind of what you believe. So, um, for that, the small listener base of my other show, uh, I got, uh, I think probably 15 emails. Uh, already and they're just long kind of borderline wow. hate speech Jesus. <laughs> like you shouldn't talk bad about religion <laughs> my you know so and so died and the only way we got through it as a family is this or my son um, you know die you know, all this other stuff and I'm just like that's not the intent that I wanted to but yeah, you know that's that's kind of what I'm dealing with with that but you know again it's it's what I believe and um, this medium isn't for anything but to get what you you believe out there. So I stand by it, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I, I, I think I fully agree, especially like your kid is what, four? Yeah, just four. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty intense, man. I mean, and, and you're right that, you know, the, the ideas and concepts of heaven and God and stuff, these are things that make adults feel better about losing someone. And I think, I don't mean to be putting words in your mouth, but I I think me and you are sort of on the same page that uh, we have sort of like turned our backs on religion and maybe religion is not the best course for us, us. And, you know, I don't need God or, or heaven to feel comforted in death. I've sort of, you know, I'm 39 years old. I've sort of moved past that. I'm okay. Just with the idea of somebody dying and then you don't see them again and they're just dead people now. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Um, but I can see for a kid, that's fucking, that's really hard, you know. And yeah. we've had to do that a little bit. Like we've tried to brace my daughter now. My she's six now for my father in law's um, death, which is probably not far, not far off. Right. Um, and my mom, like, so this is the weird thing though. My mom died when my kid was two. And it was a similar thing as to what you described. Like it was a, it was cancer. It was slow. It was, we were all sort of braced for it. We were ready for it. And my kid being two, like two year old, they they don't get death. You know, they don't really understand it. And so the talk we had with her was extremely basic. It was just like, you know, grandma's very sick. She's not going to get better and you're not going to see her again. But her daycare, um, turned it religious and her daycare sort of started talking about heaven and, God and stuff. 
um, which really kind of took us aback. Like we didn't expect that we'd have to deal with these outside influences so soon. And if my kid decides to be religious and like go that way, that's fine. I don't like, I don't judge that. That's fine. That's her path. Um, but I don't want to force her into that. And I, what I especially don't want is for others to force her into that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's the boat that I'm kind of, you know, because religion, obviously, you know, it maybe it's different for, um, nuclear families like yourself and, you know, some others, but like for, uh, part-time parent or, um, single parents rather, um, you know, religion is one of the major things that in a legal, uh, binding agreement, such as a parenting plan, like it's one of those things that you have to decide on. Mm -hmm. And, um, in ours, uh, we decided that religion was going to be, uh, not a factor unless, you know, uh, it was something chosen, and even then we had to both agree on it, and it was like one of those things where, you know, leading them into that, it's fine, but it's, you know, no established churches or anything like that unless we both agree and all that other stuff. So to have him just kind of start bringing it up like that, it was definitely like, all right, well, we we need to, need to talk this through. Yeah, and the other part of it, too, um, <clears throat> sort of random story about my six-year-old again, I was just, we were just joking around one day and I told her that I, you know, I was her dad. So I knew everything, like obviously just kind of kidding around with her. And she like a deadpan straight face looked at me and said, daddy, nobody knows everything except God and Jesus. Oh. <laughs> and like, again, oh. I don't care if she decides to believe in Jesus, that's fine. But I have never once talked to her about God, you know, in those terms. I've, I've told yeah. her like some people believe in God and they, this, here's what they believe about God and but I really, I honestly don't believe I've ever said the word Jesus to her unless I was cussing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. Uh, yes. But it's one of those things. I really just feel like living in central Illinois, uh, which is not, you know, super progressive. <laughs> um, some of this stuff, they just sort of pick up through osmosis, you know? And so I kind of, I was trying not to grill her about it and certainly not trying to guilt her about it, but um, I was just like, where did you hear about Jesus? Like what, where did the, where is this coming from? And she couldn't tell me. And I believe her. I think she would have, if she knew she would tell me, I think she just sort of like absorbed it <laughs> or something. Yeah. That's all yeah, I can think. I mean, between, um, well, you know, with, with my son, with them, like, uh, her mom would just tell her right out, like she is semi-religious. So they, she, he picks it up from her and it's just like, it's kind of the same thing like well why do you believe that bud why why does this you know why is it you know asking him into it and he's just like, i don't know mm -hmm. i don't i don't know i was like well do you do you actually believe in god i don't know and that's that's kind of my main point with that it's just like kids do not understand the the kind of concept of of fully believing and you like just saying this is what it is you know god is good and God is right and God is whatever and you're wrong for doubting God. It's just like, they're just like, okay, like that's, that's what I believe. And as they grow, they kind of form that mindset as once they start understanding like concepts of belief and right and wrong and stuff like that. That's one of those things that regardless that they didn't know what it was, you know, back when they were told it, it's something ingrained in them. So that's what they start building off of. So it's just like, regardless of, morality it's just like okay god is good now where do i go from this or you know jesus is always right where do i go from this or heaven is real where do i go from this instead of like critically thinking about it 
and asking questions and then deciding to believe like, okay, God is good because of this. And so it's like this whole, I don't know, (laughs) semi-atheist argument that I've had uh, a billion times. And I'm, I'm not atheist. I'm not agnostic. I, I believe in, you know, evolution, science, all that, you know, stuff. And, uh, I, I like to question things, and so I try to make my son do the same thing, but then it's it's in my situation where he goes back to his mom, and all of that gets reaffirmed. It's very hard to continually be like, well, buddy, that's not actually how it happens, or why do you think that happens? So mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a, a, a rough subject, and when, when you have, you know, um, and I, I, I don't want to make this sound crass but uh he's seen his dog kind of every day since he was you know old enough to remember uh whereas he only seen his grandpa like you know months every couple months and for him that the kind of understanding like you know my dog was here every single day dog slept in the bed with me dog watched tv with me and now the dog's gone like the 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 concept of that loss was more or having that loss, it was more devastating to him than the actual concept of the dog dying mm-hmm. because they just don't understand death. They just understand what's not there. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of the the angle that I tried to play with it. Like, you know, I know he's not here, but this is why. You know, this is this happens. This is life. This is how the world works. And right. It's, a, it's an ongoing conversation, and that's kind of something that, you know, I try to impart to a lot of people, like, until until you get them to an age to where they can start understanding it and critically thinking, it's just, a, it's an ongoing conversation. So. Right. Were you raised religiously? Um, not, no, not really. Um, there are those in my family who are religious. Uh, we kind of bounce around a lot. My parents weren't, um, but we, I grew up in a, a town of, like, uh, 70 people in St. David, Illinois. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, it was a tiny little village, and there was probably 15 kids that went to the school, and um, they had the church there that did Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, and Friday nights, where they had, like, this kids thing. They had a pool table, but you had to go in there and sit through a, a little gospel, and, you know, everything had to be, like, church-oriented. So we did it for fun. And there was a you know a time where I did maybe actually can you know believe, and I was just like, okay, this is something I can get into. And then in high school, I was uh, dating a girl who was uh, majorly uh, one of the same uh, kids that were in St. David, and we I started going to church with her, and it was one of those things I got really into it. But then I realized like after. I don't know, five, six months that I was really only doing it for this other person. Just like when I was younger, I was really only doing it for the kind of camaraderie of nothing to do and boredom. And so when I started like reading the actual Bible, um, you know, I, I read it cover to cover. I was just like, this makes no sense. <laughs> and this is not for me. And so I, I um, looked for other religions. I read you know, into the Quran, I, I looked into Muslim, I looked into Buddhism, I looked into Judaism, and, um, you know, kind of on my own volition, and none of it made sense, you know, and I didn't really do, like, deep dives into them, but it was all 
a lot of the same. And so religion has just never really jived with me. How about you? Did you kind of grow up in the in the faith? I, I did. I did. And this is, I swear, this conversation is probably interesting to me and you because we have like fucking exactly the same backgrounds and histories. <laughs> and nobody else is going to be interested in this because it's just us like agreeing with each other. Yeah. Um, but yes, I had almost exactly the same experience. Grew up uh, in the church. Um, and uh, I just always sort of accepted it as... as Truth. I grew up in um, various Protestant religions, Lutheran and Methodist primarily. Okay. And then uh, I went to Catholic high school. So I went to public grade school and then moved on to Catholic high school. Oh, okay. And that's when I started reading the Bible and going to religion classes. And I remember, like, some of the stuff that was different between Catholicism and my, the Protestant religions that I was raised in. I just couldn't wrap my brain around it. I'm like, this is so fucking weird. And the only reason that you idiots believe this shit is because you were born, you've believed it since you were born. Exactly. And if we, if we told you this stuff as an adult, you would look at us like we were fucking nuts. This is, this is not a whole lot different than flat earth nonsense. It's just craziness. (laughs) Yep. And so it didn't, it didn't take me that much longer after that. It was maybe 16, 17 when I thought like, oh shit, wait a minute. If I think this about Catholics... Other people think this about my religion, about Methodists or, or Lutherans, and maybe there's not a big difference. Maybe we are all fucking nuts. <laughs> and after that, I did sort of a, the same journey of self-discovery that you talked about, and I did it um, in high school a little bit in my religion classes in high school, and then after high school, uh, me and my a, a good buddy of mine that I grew up with, we were both sort of questioning our faith at the at the same time, and so we also looked at Judaism, Buddhism, all these things. And for me, the more I learned, the less interested in religion I was. I just didn't need it anymore. And for my buddy, he ended up becoming like a pretty hardcore evangelical Christian. Um, So we kind of went in very different paths on on this same journey of self-discovery. And um, you mentioned earlier, and you, you described kind of the way I feel like not really atheist, not really agnostic. Like you just kind of don't fit in there. Let me tell you my favorite new term that perfectly describes me. It's a apatheist. And what is that? It's, I just don't care. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like a a combination of, yeah. Of apathy and theist. Um, yeah, I, I, God, it's, it's been a very, very long time since God has played any role in my life in any sort of conceivable way. Um, I live my life. I I try to be a good guy. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't steal. Um, I drink and I cuss. Speaking of which, you said, (laughs) you said you don't drink. Do you swear? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's one of the, uh, the only vices that I think I, I still grab onto. Um, and I do it heavily. Like I have to really monitor myself. Oh, well don't monitor on this show. Cause I cuss like a sailor on this show. Yeah. And you said, I heard you say crap. I'm like, there's no place for the word crap on, <laughs> on this show. Well, I mean, just to give you a little insight, like cunt is my favorite word. And it's probably one of those things like when I'm around like my family and everything, they're just like, dude, you got to stop saying like, <laughs> just chill because like, I'll just, you know, in like kind of the affectionate way people like, uh, like stub their toe and say like, oh shit. Or like when they're doing something, they're like, oh fuck, you know, or whatever. I just like, I'm just cunt. And it's kind of like the same thing. And it's like, there's cuss words and then there's like, there's that word. And it's 
and so I have to draw it back a lot because I, I generally do say a lot of like heinous things. So I, I guess I was just my podcast voice came on. And I'm like, you know. Oh, not, please. Not swearing. Don't censor yourself for this <laughs> shitty fucking piece of shit podcast. Um, do you use cunt like, uh, don't, don't Australians use that as sort of like a ter- term of endearment? Yeah, yeah. And um, it and British people as well, which is actually why I got like really, I guess, started saying it because with um, the uh, D&D podcast, we had, we started out with two British people. And one of them was like a London Brit and the other one was kind of like a Cockney Brit. So they were like kind of different, you know, those different accents. And they both use cunts just like constantly. And it was just like, and so when I've been doing that for like uh, over a year now, talking to them every day, like it's just kind of one of those things that's like ingrained. Yeah, just cunt, cunt, cunt. Just cunt, cunt, cunt. And... My son has said it a couple of times. Uh-oh. He's gotten in trouble a couple of times from his mom. I'm like, look, buddy, this is the list of bad words you don't say. And he's just like, got it. And I haven't had an issue since. So yeah. luckily he's, he gets it. Yeah, my wife and I, we're not like, I mean, I cuss certainly more on the podcast than I do when I like talk to my kids and stuff. But uh, we are not a household. Like the household I grew up in, my parents never swore. It was very like straight laced. And we definitely swear. My, my wife and I swear around our kids. Not not excessively, I don't think, but we right. definitely do it. And uh, so my six-year-old definitely knows some cuss words. <laughs> and our only thing is like, don't say them at school. <laughs> don't say them to your friends because we don't want to be those parents, you know, that right. has the fucking bad influence kid. But, you know, if, you're, if you drop something around the house and you say shit, like that's an... <laughs> That's an appropriate <laughs> use of the term, you know. Yeah, don't yeah, that's don't call your sister a piece of shit. But yeah, if I, you drop I, a bottle and say shit, like that's 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 what I do. That's fine. <laughs> I I um, I tell my family because I'm the same way. Like I cuss a lot in front of my kid, and you know, um, kind of the same thing. Like growing up, we were kind of the exact opposite of you. Where it was like. Um, everybody would come over to my house and you know my mom would like say something like oh before you you know uh, go play or whatever uh, you know, go in your room uh, you do the dishes and I'm like don't be such a bitch and, like uh, we were we were just such an open family where we were swearing and like my dad gave me my first cigarettes at like 14 and Jesus like yeah I mean we were kind of like dysfunctional in the in the best way uh and but even like around my parents it's just kind of like if my son, same thing, like drops something, it's like, oh, shit. Or, you know, stubs his toe and he's like pissed or you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just like, if he's using it within the, the correct context, I'm not going to get mad at him because he's just understanding language at that point. Right. So. Yeah, we have we have the same approach. Yeah. And I, I will never forget it. My daughter must have been three-ish. And somebody cut me off in traffic and I was like, oh, shit. And I just heard this little voice in the back back of the car that said, Daddy, what's shit? <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but, yeah, it's all been downhill from there. Yeah, it's going to get worse. It always always does. So we, we've been way the fuck off topic, but I'm going to bring it back to my diversity. Because, right. Right, right, right. holy shit, we're 35 minutes into this program. I've only... <laughs> I've, I've crossed off two things of my diversity out of a list that is unbelievably long. Of right, just, let's shotgun through them then. Let's just get them out there. Let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> so both my kids have mouth issues, right? My two-year-old um, 
is in speech therapy. The other guys in the podcast made fun of me relentlessly because she's also in feeding therapy for her eating habits. But she's in speech therapy because she doesn't talk so good. She's two and a half and like her speech is, is uh, it's catching up, but it's behind. And part of the thing was her, she had a, a tongue and lip tie. So we had to get the surgery to cut her tongue and lip tie for my two-year-old. And then while my two-year-old was in there, they also took a look at my six-year-old. And my six-year-old um, had such a severe tongue tie that we didn't even know about that it's actually fucking up her teeth. So her, like the, if you can picture, you know what, you know what a tongue tie is? Uh, no. Okay. So it's that, uh, it's that like little strip of flesh that connects your tongue to the bottom of your mouth. Oh, okay. And so hers is like super tight and it goes up too far. So her tongue doesn't have like the flexibility that it should have. And um, it is so tight that it's actually pulling on the bottom, her bottom row of teeth. And so it's, it's super obvious. If you know what you're looking for, it is crazy obvious because her, her front four teeth are actually like, uh, like they look like they're growing into the inside of her mouth. Oh, wow. And since the dentist diagnosed it, it's like, oh, if that fucking makes a lot of sense, because we've always known like, well, our teeth are kind of fucked up. But my wife uh, has kind of fucked up teeth. She had braces for forever. So we've always just sort of been preparing for braces for my six-year-old, but we never even considered that this could be a problem. So we had to get the surgery to cut her tongue tie. And hopefully this will help get her teeth back into place, back where they need to be. And so that is one of my diversities is this surgery, uh, which is not a big deal. They just like, my, my kid is, I've bragged about her before. I'm going to brag about her again. She's the fucking best kid ever. She's like perfectly well behaved. <laughs> she listens. She's like mature for her age. She's great. So they put her in this chair and we said like, Daisy, you can't move. Like it's important that you just don't move. Don't cry. Open your mouth. Let them do their thing. And she was perfect. And they just took a little laser and like just zapped this little tongue tie. It took about five minutes. It was no big deal. Um, but it's just one more thing. So now she's got to wear this mouth guard at night to keep her tongue in place. So the lip, so that the tongue tie doesn't uh, grow back together. Oh no. And four times a day, I've got to go through these um, uh, tongue exercises. We got to do these, these little click clicks, like those things. Right. Uh, make sure that the tongue tie doesn't heal back up. She's got to like reach her tongue back to the back of her mouth and I have to massage the inside of it. It feels super that's... weird for both of us. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. So that's another one of my dad versus for the last, for the next four to six weeks, I'm doing tongue massages for my six year old. Man, that's, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Did you have braces? No, I was, I was blessed with straight teeth, uh, other than a slight overbite, but otherwise I never had any, um, real big mouth issues. Thank Christ. Any cavities? Um, yeah, a few. Yeah. I, I have a couple, um, you know, uh, fillings and, um, last year I had kind of chipped a tooth or no, I guess it was a couple of years ago now chipped a tooth and um had some issues to where i had to have a root canal because part of it had you know came out and so but otherwise i've been pretty pretty good all right i thought we were the, exactly the same person but we're not <laughs> i've also never had braces i was blessed with perfectly straight teeth uh never had a cavity never had a filling the only dental work i've ever had done 
is uh, I had my wisdom teeth out. Oh, okay. Other than that, I, mouth shit scares me. Like my kid, I was really proud of her for this tongue tie surgery because I swear I would have been freaking out much more than she was. She was totally fine. I hate people fucking around in my mouth. It freaks me out. I Yeah, I can't stand it. And like... It, it, mouth pain is one of those things where like I generally have a high pain tolerance like broken bones cuts you know dislocations like whatever like that's nothing but when it comes to mouth pain I'm in the emergency room or you know dentist like the next day like I, I can't take it I hate it so I'm yeah that's, that's a huge testament to your girl that's awesome yeah she was great all right, so that's another dad mer- dad uh, diversity. Diversity. Okay. Um, shit, I got a lot more, man. Just so much more. We're not going to get around to any dad. There's going to be no time for dad vice tonight. This is going to be bitching. That's what we're here for. <laughs> um, my wife, on one of these super cold days that it was also freezing rain, my wife went down to uh, her hometown to, as we mentioned before, help my mother-in-law deal with the, my father-in-law's condition and, you know, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there was freezing rain on her way home and she slid off the road. Oh no. Is she okay? She's fine. My, my okay. six-year-old was in the car with her. My six-year-old is also fine. Uh, but me and my two-year-old had to load up and go pick her up and then deal with the fallout of that bullshit, which, you know, yeah. Um, like she knocked the tire off the wheel as she slid off the road. So, oh man! And it's you know it's freezing rain and sleeting and cold. And she asked me like, "Oh, can you change a tire?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I can change a tire, but you're still stuck in a fucking ditch." Yeah. And it's raining, and I'm just not gonna change it. Like, we're still gonna have to call a tow truck, even if I change it. You know. Uh, so we had to get it towed to the closest town. It's been now I don't know two and a half weeks since we've been without a car. Ouch. And it's a, it's a 2013 Prius and I had no idea how much damage you could do by sliding off the road, but they came close to totaling this car, man, because she like, she had to get a new radiator and then there's like uh, a new tire and body work that needs to get redone. Like the front end needs to be put back on the car and like some of the trim on the side and stuff. I don't know, man. And the car is not worth a lot since it's, you know, a six year old fucking, fucking Prius. Uh, so that's been a fucking ordeal and trying to deal with insurance companies and the rental car companies and the towing and the body shops and the mechanics and it's all been a fucking nightmare headache dealing with that yeah it's a nightmare man that's that's the worst yeah i'm going fast now i'm trying to no it's all good i got i got no time limit let's let's get through it all right maybe we'll do it maybe we'll even try to do two episodes <laughs> this one's gonna go long um okay so the pool tape my my uh pool table is next on my list my father-in-law has a pool table and the pool table is fucking badass and he wanted to give it to somebody in the family i volunteered to take it because having a pool table i'm not a, i'm not a pool player i'm not good at it but it's just like a very middle-aged dad thing to have right oh yeah yeah that's like prime like you know i'm i'm a dad and i know it i'm not good at this but i'm gonna get one and all my friends are gonna come over and we're all not gonna be good at it together that's exactly it. it's just an ex- it's just you know it's always just an excuse to drink for me podcasting just an excuse to drink pool table like we'll pretend <laughs> like we're playing pool but we're just bullshitting and drinking who cares right have you ever moved a pool table uh yes many times actually really okay you're a pro i yeah. should have called you <laughs> Yeah, if you need to, uh, if you need to move it again, let me know. I, I've we had one 
growing up, you know, so, and we moved around a lot, and uh, it's just one of those things that I've always known someone who's had one. I've always been the guy with the truck, and so I've moved the the ones that come apart. I've moved the ones that have the giant piece of, like, two-inch slate, yeah. trying to carry that, and it's, it's, a, it's an ordeal. Man, you are just a better man than I am. I've never disassembled a pool table before this moment. <laughs> And it, and it is one of the ones with the two-inch slate. Those things are fucking unbelievably yeah. heavy. I was yeah. not prepared for that. Yeah, don't drop them. That's for, <laughs> that's for sure. I, uh, the, the last one that I, not the last one that I moved, I was helping the guy. And uh, he dropped his end, causing me to drop my end. And uh, that's how I broke four bones in my foot. So Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it's not fun when you you don't have the right uh, right people to do it. Did the slate break when you dropped it? No, luckily no. It was it only dropped a few inches. Okay. Um, so it it didn't shatter or anything. But I've seen pictures of that. You know the the aftermath of someone dropping a pool table. Yeah, this is uh, I mean the the slate came apart in three pieces, which I guess is pretty common with pool tables. Yeah. Yeah. Each piece, I bet each piece weighed ninety pounds. And just crazy heavy. Yeah, they're not light. But, I mean, then again, you're thinking, you know, you're hitting a bunch of ceramic balls around on it. It needs to be something semi-durable. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But I was not I was not prepared for what moving a pool table entailed. And then my wife was sending me quotes to... Because, you know, every time you move a pool table, you have to get it refelted. Yeah. And uh, getting the quotes to get it refelted, it was like a, like 800 bucks or something. Yeah. It's not cheap. And I'm like, fuck, I thought this was a free pool table. This is an $800 pool table now. <laughs> I don't know if I want the thing for 800 bucks, but, I mean, it's too I mean, late. You could, you could try to do it yourself. You know, I, I looked up some YouTube videos. I think I can do it myself. Yeah, it's just like, what, spray adhesive and some felt? Yeah, and you got to, like, uh, um, put beeswax in between the cracks of the slates to make oh, that right. flat. Yeah. And in between any screw hole, and it, like, covering any screw holes. Um, but then yeah, spray adhesive, just pull it tight, staple it to the one. I think I can do it. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. I, I'd be interested in seeing the final product when you do it by yourself. Okay. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, more diversity. Uh, it's been like a month since we've had the last, because I said so episode. Right. Yeah. And in the last month we had that rash of, uh, the polar vortex. Dude, fuck that. Fuck that right up its fucking ass. That's no fucking it. shit. <laughs> Negative 30 or whatever, and it's just like, eat my ass cold. I'm yeah. not going anywhere. Yes, it, it was unbelievably cold. And, you know, the cold, like, I can deal with the cold. I work from home, so what the fuck do I care? I just stay inside, yeah. right? Yeah, lucky ass. <laughs> um, but my kid was off school for a few days during that, and then she had, like, an unrelated sl- snow day either, I don't know, a few days before or a few days after or whatever. Um, and I just, I'm a creature of habit, Trent. I don't know if you're the same way that if my sort of habits and my routines are interrupted, it just sort of throws my whole, my whole fucking game off. So yeah, yeah. The whole day is just shot. Yeah. Not only, and and this was like, I felt like weeks because it was just like my kid was home from school all the time. And you know, it was just, we couldn't, then things were just unpredictable. So, you know, I'm used to being home alone Monday through Friday you know, during working hours. And when my kid is here, my kid is great, but I just don't get enough. I don't get as much done. And it just, 
I don't know. It just feels like my whole week is ruined when my kid is home. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm a terrible dad. No, I I get what you're saying because I I was the same way during that, that whole vortex. It was like, um, you know, a bunch of ice and then it's like, Oh, so now it's like freezing cold. So we're going to be off for four days and like hit a weekend and it was, uh, you know, trying to juggle work and getting him to, you know, his mom's house and dealing with that. And it's just like the whole thing, even when we were home, it was just like, okay, you're home, but I'm usually doing this. (laughs) So it's, uh, no, it's, it's definitely one of those, it's not a horrible dad thing. I think it's just, uh, like you said, a creature of habit and, uh, those wrenches kind of throw you off. They do. They do. Uh, so related to that, I'm not a guy that complains about the weather, Trent. I swear to God, I'm not. But holy fuck, this winter is destroying me. <laughs> I'm I am a person like I'm like I'm known to be kind of the flip flop guy because I wear you know flip flops. I don't like shoes. I don't like wearing them. I don't like so anytime I'm not at work, basically I, I wear flip flops, regardless of the the weather. And there was times like dropping off my son to school where I'd put like boots on. <laughs> yeah. It's just like too, too cold. It's like, you know, frostbite within 10 minutes. And they were like, oh, yeah, you don't, you don't have your flip flops on. I'm like, no, because I want to keep my toes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I don't generally care about weather. I'm usually the first person to crack out the shorts and, you know, kind of being outside. But, oh, man, this, <laughs> these last two months have kind of, like, I am. I am fully ready for, like, I was thinking maybe just, like, by doing spring cleaning and starting to plan my landscaping and do outside stuff, like, it would just, like, will spring into existence. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Oh, I hope that so works. So over winter. Yeah, you you with your flip-flops are me with my coat. I hate wearing a coat. Right. And especially, like, you know, I'm born and raised in central Illinois. I'm used to cold weather. Um, and I always figure, like, I'm really only outside for like a minute or two walking from like mm-hmm. the car to wherever the fuck I'm going. I can, I can withstand that. Right. That's not, that's not a problem. Yeah. But during this polar vortex, absolutely cannot, could not stand that. <laughs> and then even like it's early March now, we should be like 50 degree ish weather. Yeah. It's and, supposed to snow next week. Uh, like fuck. Next week. It's God snow again. damn it. It's, it's bad, dude. Yeah. I mean, even these last couple of days are like 10 degrees and 18 yeah. degrees and stuff. I'm back to wearing a coat. And every time I put my coat on, I'm just like, I fucking got to put this fucking shit on. Yeah. Everything's worse with a coat on. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I maybe because I'm a, I'm a big guy. Um, yeah, so I, you know, having extra layers just really fuck me up, but I, uh, I fully agree. But yeah, looking at the, the weather for the next couple days, Thursday, it's going to snow. Uh, it's not supposed to really get up into 50 until like we have a warm day next week, but then it just kind of gets colder. So the next couple weeks are kind of this last uh, dying out of the, the weather and hopefully it starts getting warmer then. But yeah, this too will end, I guess. Um, man, more dead diversity stuff. So I know this is a, this is a very first world problem. Uh, in addition to my full-time job, I also do like real estate investing on the side and we bought a new building for my wife's business, uh, where it's like half of the, half of the building will be for her business. And the other half of the building will be for like, uh, 
<clears throat> we're going to try to rent it out to somebody else. And we're in maybe a little over our heads in that we bought this building that needs a shitload of work. And um, it's just a pain in the ass coordinating all this stuff. I don't really have much else to say about it except like, fuck this property. <laughs> I do this every time I, I buy a building. I like I, I have this remorse period for about a year. Yeah, shit, it's the same as having a kid. <laughs> for the first <laughs> for the first year, I'm just like, oh, why the fuck did I do this? This was such yeah. a bad idea. Yep. But then like once you're past the the worst of it, it's like, oh, this is the greatest thing I ever did. Why isn't this great? Um, so in that way, real estate investing and child rearing is the same. But I <laughs> I'm in the bullshit period. It's it's as if I have a newborn and I'm thinking like, why? Yep. Why did I do this again? Yeah, we I used to um used to work for a handyman service that would do remodels and um like commercially um speaking like finishing touches like you know repainting and doing like light carpentry, drywall, like kind of doing commercial remodel um to an extent and uh I always remember working trying to you know there's an electrician there this day and then a plumber there this day and then this this guy's doing this thing and so trying to just be on the other end of that, trying to work with coordinating everything, it's also a bitch. So. It, it, it sure is, especially when you're working with kind of limited funds. But do you do, do, you, do, you do, do drywall? Can I pay you to do some drywall? <laughs> um, the laughing uh, means no. That's all right. Uh, I haven't done drywall in years. And All right. Uh, a that's a no. Law. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. People hate saying no, but I don't give a shit. You can say no to me. I, I'm not. I won't say no until I see that. You know what? We'll talk later. About <laughs> yeah. it. How about that? All right. I'll leave, I'll leave it there. I'll take that. I will take that. <laughs> um, my last item of diversity. I promise this is it. My uh, she's two and a half now, and she's showing interest in potty training. My youngest, her name is Sally. She's great. Yay. Um. Yeah, it's great that she's showing interest, and I hope that she uh, is successful. And I can't wait until I change my very last diaper of my entire life because I swear to God, I'm not changing any diapers if I'm not related to them. That's so nice. Maybe oh, not even gosh. my grandkids. I wonder if I can get away with not changing my grandkids. I think I can. Pro- I think I probably pull that off. I don't. I mean, I don't know. It it'll be like way in the future. Then hopefully, maybe they won't even have diapers by then. Oh, I like the way you, you know? think, Trent. Yeah, I like that. Jetson style. <laughs> yeah, there it you just go. Disappears. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> but I'm in that pain in the ass stage of potty training. Your your four year old is potty trained, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Thank Christ. Oh my gosh. It was um it was a, a long and hard kind of sludge from the bottom to get to where we are now. But No he, pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he um when he started it was just kinda like one day it was like I don't want to wear a diaper. I'm like, okay, well you have to um, use the you know use the potty. And he's just like, I don't want to do that either. I'm like, I'm gonna put a diaper on you. And he was like, nope. I'm like, all right, fine. You know what? This is gonna suck for me later. But it was like during the summer when we were like um, out camping a lot and stuff, and we were outside. So I just put underwear on him, and he had a few accidents. And after two or three times is really just crapping himself. He was just like, I don't like this. I'm like, I know it sucks. Use the body. And, uh, we didn't have much else like issues with that other than for, I don't know, like a month, every kind of round 
bowl-shaped object, you know, because kids' potties, you know, the training potties are, like, just basically like a bedpan that you dump out mm-hmm. and wash out and put back in. But everything became, you know, oh, I have to poop. And, you know, it would be like, uh, you know, there was one time where we were at Lowe's where a flower pot almost <laughs> became a potty. Right. Um, a Tupperware dish, pots and pans, uh, a, a toy box. He's just like, <laughs> I just poop in things that are like kind of closed bowls. I'm like, no, go to the bathroom. But other than that, man, it was like snap and he got it. And yeah. so he's been good ever since. Yeah. And that's kind of what we did with my eldest. Um, but, you know, like I said, my Sally, she's the younger one, and she's not quite there verbally. She's not as expressive verbally. Um, at this point, so two, two and a half, a little, little more than two and a half, my older one was already kind of ready to go, and we could have conversations about it. Like, And my younger one, she's just not, we can't have a conversation about it. She just isn't quite at that level of understanding yet. Right. Um, but she's showing interest in the potty, and we're at that sort of just pain in the ass of potty training where it's like, you know, as I'm changing her diaper, she'll say, no, daddy, potty, potty. And you can't, like, you, you can't discourage that, you know? Yeah. And so we're just like, all right, yeah, yeah, let's let's go to the potty. And she'll sit there, like, no shit, for like 45 minutes. <laughs> the other day, um, over the weekend, on Saturday, actually, my, my family wanted to go to this, like, uh, we live in Germantown Hills, so it's a little outside of Peoria, and they had this event called the Taste of Germantown Hills, where... And it turned out to be a shitty event, but like all the restaurants and stuff, it's like the taste of pure here. Like all the restaurants and stuff go right. there and you taste their stuff. But Germantown Hills has like three restaurants. So, um, <laughs> not like a wide plethora of food and two of them are pubs, you know, they have the same fucking menu. Right. Um, but anyway, so the, the family's getting ready to go and I'm trying to change my kid's diaper and she's like, no daddy potty. And I looked at my wife and I'm just like, you guys just go <laughs> and, and I'll stay home with her. And we'll sit on the fucking potty for an hour and nothing will happen. But you can't discourage her from wanting to try, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the crappy thing with um, when it comes to potty. When no it comes pun intended again. Up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're good at these. I don't uh, even mean to do Accidental just, puns. Yeah, it's just a dad thing, I guess. Knock um, them out. Uh, but it's that, um, picking up toys doing chores, learning to read. It's just like, it's so frustrating because you're just like, get it, just get it. Like, you know, it's yeah. not that hard of a concept. You poop in the bowl, you wipe your ass, you pull yeah. it up. and But they just, you can't express anything but like undying like affection and like positivity. Right. Otherwise, it's just like, oh, there's a complex that a therapist is going to have to deal with. So yeah. it's frustrating as shit. Like, yeah. Not even just a complex, but more just like a, we're trying to encourage her to do it. So right. it feels really weird to be like, no, don't do it right now. Like do it later. Do it <laughs> like shit on the potty on our agenda, not yours. It right. just feels really weird. I certainly wouldn't do well with potty training if somebody told me when to piss. I get a little bladder shy, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's one of those things, like I said, it's just the, the concept of it seems simple, but... The little minds and little, little ideas, you know, are the big ones. So. Yeah. Well, we're an hour in, my brother. Yeah. Yeah, we are. It seems seems that way. Do you have a diversity to share to wrap up our hour? Um. Well, the one, um, the one that I have, uh, it's, 
I have two small ones, I think. Um, the first one uh, is I, I'm kind of... You, you had mentioned earlier about your daughter and, and speech therapy and stuff like that. And my son, uh, he's four. He's having some issues with pronunciation. And so they're, they're recommending speech therapy for him. Like, you know, the, the kind of 15 minutes a day at a class, like take him to a different room and, you know, walk him through his S's and his R's and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, that just, it seemed to be uh, a big deal with my son's mom because I... Uh, in the kind of custody thing, I ended up being the the final decider uh, or what have you on everything when it comes to education. So me saying like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Obviously, it's a no brainer. It's nothing. It's not that big of a deal. But then her kind of uh, warped concept of it is that special ed and she, you know, isn't seeing it for what it is. And so uh, just kind of dealing with that and um saying you know putting my foot down because it's, it's not a big deal you know so yeah. it was the kind of the uh, rough patch there that i deal with that yeah i mean i'm clearly i agree with you it, it's it's better to get the kid the help that they need as early as possible um i will say i, I <clears throat> in my relationship with my wife i probably tend to be the one that is a little bit more like that's ah, fine. Like it'll work itself out and you know, right. whatever, because it's very tempting to like want to um, like say that there's nothing wrong with your kid. Absolutely. You know, and like admit that there, admit that your kid might have a problem. But um, fortunately my wife is very good at playing your role of being like, Tim, don't be such a fucking dipshit. Obviously this, we got to get this fixed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful for my wife in that, in that, but I, I understand where your wife comes from or your ex, ex, X. Ex, ex-fiance. <laughs> I almost said ex-wife, but I knew how that yeah. went. Yeah, it's uh, it was one of those things where it was kind of like, um, not necessarily. I don't want to say like a milestone in parenting or whatever, but it was, it was kind of like the first time since the the custody uh, or parenting plan was set in place where I had to, like, kind of exercise that, like, because generally how it works is like good faith. Like we talk about it, we come to a decision. But if there's an impasse, that final decider, you know, whoever that is on that certain topic is like, well, this is what it's going to be. And so that was the first time I had to really exercise it. Like, this is this is what it's going to be. And this is you're going to have to be OK with it. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of a, a new thing that I hadn't had to go through. So um, less of a dad diversity um, because it, it wasn't it was just really me like figuring it out. But it was something that. Um, I just had an experience as a parent, so. Yeah, cool. Well, that counts. Yeah, and then the other small one was uh, earlier or later last week, the boy got in trouble for biting, and they had to do like a whole write-up and like mm-hmm. everything because he bit another little kid because they were in like a little fight, and uh, my kid reverted back to biting. Yeah. That was kind of a big issue that we had to deal with back when he was like two, two and a half ish. Um, that we 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 thought we broke him of, but it just like all of a sudden kind of reverted back to biting. And you know, when we're wrestling or like you know, when he's playing with my nieces and nephews, he'll like lick. Like that was another big thing, just because <laughs> it's like that gross, like ew, don't lick me. And so he's like, ah, I'm gonna lick mm-hmm. you, right? And so that's kind of a for some reason we he's just gone back to that. So we're dealing with that, but. 
That's yeah, kids, behavioral stuff. Kids go in phases with that shit. Yeah, it's really weird. My kid, fortunately, was never a biter, but my younger kid is a hitter. Right. And, you know, she's two, so it doesn't hurt, but yeah. <laughs> it's still like one of those habits we got to <laughs> break her of. Yep. So, well, all right, is that it? Yeah, I mean, on my end, I think. I mean, it seemed like you had a laundry list to go through, so. I got through my dead verse. This was good, just That's like sort good. of therapy. I appreciate you yeah. lending lending an ear, Trent. Always, man. I, I appreciate uh, having me on and, and doing this. This is kind of, you know, one of my biggest hobbies now since I don't really do other things. So <laughs> it was the most social interaction I've had in a while. Dude, podcasting is also one of my biggest hobbies and it's still so weird. Like every time I think about that being a hobby, I'm like, why is this a thing that I do? I talk into a microphone yeah. every once in a while. I'm not particularly good at it or I'm interesting yeah, of a no. person, but <laughs> I, I, it was uh, in fact Sunday. Um, Cause with, uh, when I do group recording sessions for the D and D show, um, you know, I kind of need a little bit of silence. So, uh, if my son's home, he'll generally go to my, my brother's house because they have a billion kids that he loves to play with. And it was one of those things like, oh, it's recording day. And um, one of my brother's friends were there and he's like, oh, what, what the fuck is recording day? And I'm like, oh, I do this show on the Internet. It's like radio because he had no idea what a podcast was. I'm really? Like, How old is this person? Yeah, like in his 20s. I found this out. Some people don't know what the fuck podcasts are. Holy shit, that seems so weird to me. Yeah, me too. And I'm just like, it's like uh, internet radio, but it's pre-recorded, and you post it and edit it. And he's just like, that's fucking retarded. And I'm like, <laughs> no, like describing, like especially my, my D&D show where it's just like, I sit down, I play D&D, like that's a check for the being a big-ass nerd. And then I record it, another check, and then I edit it, a bigger check, and then I post it for other people to listen. And it's like, check, check, check. Yeah. It's like, you're fucking weird. And I'm like, no, I get that. Like, this is kind of a weird, especially like with the parenting show that I sit here, I record by myself, then I listen to myself, and then I put it out for people. So it's it's an odd hobby. It is sure. it is odd, and it feels very like narcissistic as you describe it. But it's not. <laughs> I, I I promise it's like I know I'm I'm with you, Trent. I know it's not yeah. as bad as it sounds. Yeah. Um, but speaking of the hobby, uh, what do you got to plug? Plug away. Um, well, um, as I just kind of casually dropped there a few times, I do a parenting show called Part Time Parent. Um, we we're in like four or five episodes. I've recorded a bunch. We release them every other week. Uh, by we I mean I and then I do a D&D podcast if you're into that type of thing called Do or Dice and that's a weekly show that I do with uh, five other people from around the globe and we play some D&D it's an actual play kind of storytelling thing and that's um, that's what I do that's all I do actually it seems so yeah, similar to you, um, people think that my hobby of podcasting is silly, and especially my main podcast, uh, which is a podcast about a shitty MTV reality show called The Challenge. Uh, you can listen to that. It's called Challenged. Uh, it's on all the fucking things. Just find it. But uh, people, yeah. I think more people find, uh, because I said so, through Challenged than vice versa. I can't imagine many dads listening to Because I Said So are like, oh, I should get into that MTV reality show bullshit thing that you do. I, I didn't even know what that show was until I had met you. So, I mean, I never really watched MTV or I, don't, I haven't actually had 
TV for like four years now. Oh, this just, whole this whole episode is just pr- you proving that you're a better man than me, Trent. <laughs> you're showing me up over here. I wouldn't say that. This is a what an hour little snippet of my my life as edited through the filters of me. If you actually knew me and lived an hour in my actual house, you'd hate me instantly. <laughs> right. <So. laughs> um, well, that's enough. That's enough of yeah. this show. Yeah, I think so. Um, whoops. Oh, see, I fucked up my soundboard. This I'm such an amateur. <laughs> such an amateur. Thank you for everybody that uh, has listened to this episode of Because I Said So. Go to our website, becauseisaidso.pub. Reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, etc. All the shit is there. Trent, what did one hat say to the other? Uh, I don't know. You stay here. I'll go on ahead. Ah, there it is. Yeah. I like that one. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. See ya. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.